through the hourglass. Today is the longest day of my life. Welcome back to The Longest Days of Our Lives. A hey, damn it. What is the intro to this show? <laughs> Guys. No one knows. Yeah. It's not the, it's not the craziest stories of the dumb story, whatever the day. You yeah. Guys say. A comedic so, exploration yeah. of 24? <laughs> uh, no, either, <laughs> either way, whatever it is, we talk about 24 on this show. And I'm one of your hosts, Jack Bauer, super fan, Mike Cushing. And I am your main host. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> Jack, 24 newbie Curtis Perry. Uh, when you said I am Jack Bauer, I thought you were just going to end there, Kush. Yeah. Um, but I am Michael Howard. I am not Jack Bauer. Because if I was, the show would have lasted 25 minutes and I'd be dead. Yeah. No, you would have you would have flipped over a fence and rolled into traffic and been run over by a car. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. Again, I am Jack Bauer superfan Mike Cushing, joined as always by my two delinquent sons. <laughs> who are younger than me, but definitely older than me, Curtis and Michael. So, guys, it's been a minute since we've recorded an episode of this show. Just yes. a touch. Mm-hmm. Approximately yeah. seven weeks? Wow. Too many weeks. God, yeah. Our fan must be so mad at us right now. Oh, our yeah. fan. Uh, by the way, I, I have an interesting anecdote. One, uh, Maybe two or three days ago, my sister pay, played a uh, – clip of not this podcast but our other transcendental places podcast to my dad and he was like who are these idiots who are talking and she was like this is your son michael (laughs) and i was talking about wanting to know the secrets of his bachelor party oh god and uh he wasn't pleased (laughs) so i guys i really want to redeem myself in my father's eyes and really not get out of the park with this episode of the longest days of our lives a 24 fan cast your dad loves 24, too, he if does. I remember correctly. He does. He also loves keeping secrets from me. <laughs> Just like Jack Bauer. Yes. So Maybe fellas. your dad is actually a secret agent who thwarted a terrorist attack on his bachelor party. Right. Right. No, my dad is probably just a secret agent who sells pools and... <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, you can hide a body under the cement you pour a pool with. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> That's a pretty damn good way to hide a body. Hey, assholes. <laughs> it's a family because, business. Because you spray you spray that cement in and you spray it over the rebar, but you just as well could spray it over body parts. Ain't nobody gonna find that. No Who's way. Under the pool, hey, bruh? Oh guys, the pool is outlined in cardboard. Okay. <laughs> You definitely couldn't just have a corpse under there. And if you could, we wouldn't tell anybody. So seriously, back off. (laughs) Anyway, my gents, welcome back to the world of 24. It's the day of the California presidential primary. And um, what just happened in the last episode, I believe our good CTU agent, Jamie, has slit her own uh, wrists, as it were, trying to avoid capture from... uh, the CTU agents who have been closing in on her. Uh, Jamie's a- got a slit wrist. That's wow. my wow. 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 No mm. one's no one's happy with what you've just done. <laughs> no. Don't tell me you haven't had Jamie's got a gun stuck in your head since watching that episode. But nope. she's nope. literally never touched a gun. Nope. Yeah. Are she you serious? You're just yeah. an insensitive asshole. Well, yes. yeah, you're weird, man. Mm-hmm. Well, Anyway, I will I will say this though. I did I did watch uh, a little bit of the Netflix series 13 Reasons Why. Mm. And uh yeah, watch that 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 uh, situation occur at the end of that show, which no spoilers. No uh, thank you. But whatever, man. Nope. Uh yeah, dark shit. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Hey, bud. Uh, hey, bud. Yeah. Um no tea, no shade, but we have just literally talked like through the 10 minutes before we started recording this episode about shows that you haven't watched yet. <laughs> <laughs> and you you chose to spend your time watching Thirteen Reasons Why. Yeah, I, I I mean again, no tea, no shade. You're you do you spend your time the way you want to, but what the fuck are you doing with your life? Are you kidding me? Do you just okay. really like being I depressed about stuff? I didn't watch the thing. I watched a couple episodes. My wife was watching it. Okay, it was on the TV. Oh, sure. I was holding one of the children and decided yeah. to watch. You it. let your children watch. So you you watch the show about teen God. suicide with your young kids. Wow! God damn it! Okay, wow. Curtis, I'm no father, and at this rate, I probably never will be. But <laughs> huh? Wowser Bowser. You know, you oh, know who's Jesus. also not been a great father, guys. Jack Bauer. Jack Bauer. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. So, gentlemen, speaking of 
the last episode of 24, which, have we mentioned that? <laughs> anyway, uh, we open at 9 a.m. with a traffic port report like every good L.A. morning must open. We cut to Senator David Palmer driving through the streets of L.A. A traffic helicopter is dogging his heels, trying to give their route. Uh, we cut to CTU. They are trying valiantly to revive Jamie, who... Uh, at the end of the last episode, they had rushed into the room. They discovered that she, she had slit her own wrist. They uh, have the paramedics in there. They discover she's got a pulse. They're trying to rush her out of the room. Oh, many. Um, so many. So many doctor words. Yeah. Lots of doctor lot, words. A lot of things floating around. No mm-hmm. one really remembers or notices that her son is still in the building. <laughs> yep. Like, her son is defo in yeah. the building. Her son, mm-hmm. Kyle, who they have called there. Uh, to kind of trap her in her lies is in the building. So, um, Nina Somebody say that they're responsible. I'm just saying ex- exactly. So she gets rushed out of the building, and uh, the paramedics take her out to the to the ambulance. And Nina gathers the CTU nerds around her and says, "Uh, she tried to commit suicide. We need to get back to work to save David Palmer. There are bigger things at stake. No matter what happened to your coworkers." <laughs> Just keep on <laughs> keeping on. And no explanation at all. It's just like, hey, she tried to commit suicide. Back to work. Yep, NBD, y'all. Peace out. Yeah. Get, get back on it. Everything is probably fine. She definitely wasn't stressed about work or, and you know, all, no big To deal. all of them, all they knew is that Jamie was working on something, on this Palmer thing, and then all of a sudden she tried to kill herself. So it's all probably fine. <laughs> so probably, okay. <laughs> Ready to get back to work, y'all. Yeah. So did CTU. So immediately after that, we get back into the swing of business as usual at 24, which means Jack is running the show about whatever random bullshit he's got going on. <laughs> so we cut back to Jack in his newly found uh, drop car. He uh, gets his he gets his handcuffs off. He calls Nina, and uh, she tells him that Terry had called them but got disconnected. And but wait, uh, first he says, "Hold on a second. and then he puts on the very safe. Hands-free calling set. Yes. Again, the first instance Safety of... Safety is primary. Yes. So, he's on the phone with Nina and saying that he can't really do anything because he needs to stay out of custody with the LAPD and uh, CTU because he needs to stay useful to gain. So, he needs Nina to help him stay out of custody. And um, he has to... Can he... Can they hold him at all? Has anyone been able to hold Jack Bauer in custody ever? <laughs> Just well, wondering. it depends... Are you around steam pipes? Because he will get out of that detention center as soon as possible. Yeah. He was in custody for maybe five minutes. So I don't think it's a problem, Jack. Just do what you got to do. Are you anywhere near a video game-like situation? Because he will escape from you no matter what. Tutorial level is what Jack Bauer lives in every every day. So... So again, so he's talking to Nina. He asks if Jamie gave them anything, uh, and then Nina informs Jack that she tried to kill himself. At which point, Jack sees a police blockade, or uh, you know, maybe two blocks ahead, and just very subtly turns around in the middle of traffic. Um, well, also, also, Jack treats police being in the area like he like they're gonna have him on on speaker or something because he stops talking whenever he sees a policeman a blockade anything and it's like nina's like jack jack what's going on he's like hunching in his car with the windows up and not talking because the police car might hear him driving by so this happens a couple times where jack like is driving towards a police like roadblock and like very much within sight of the police, like, pulls a hard U-turn. Like, not even a subtle one. Like, just, like, and again, this is 2001. Like, I have to assume that even back then, if a cop saw you from, like, a quarter mile away, like, pull a hard U, we were like, man, that's weird, huh? I got no. Nope. Yeah. We should they've check never caught, out. They've never caught anyone at a drunk driving checkpoint because exactly. they, they have no idea what to do when someone turns around. Right. Yeah, I did just flip the bitch. What are we going to do? Eh. Yeah, let him go. He's probably okay. <laughs> we'll ch- we'll, we'll probably. figure it out. Yeah. So, in the meantime, while Jack is very subtly avoiding uh, police blockades, um, Terry picks up her satellite phone that she's had for, you know, multiple minutes now and decides <laughs> to call CTU again. Um, she tells Kim to check the windows to make sure that no one is looking in on them. And she calls CTU. Nina's too busy talking to Jack, so she tells Tony to pick up the phone. Um 
This is all just a weird time waster because we learn that the Jack, the cops have a description of Jack and, uh, Tony walks over to Nina and says that, uh, it's Terry and we have a trace running. Uh, guys, this is one of the dumbest. I, I gotta tell you, <laughs> I, I wanna like resolve this plot line right now because I don't really know what the technology was back in 2001, but apparently it takes 35 minutes to trace a cellular phone call. No, no, it only day. takes it takes f- like five minutes to find the latitude, Kush. Right, but triangulating the longitude—that's where the money's made. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something that I that I've been saying for a while. It's a very popular phrase um, in advertising as well as right now as part of politics. Um, that's not how this works. <laughs> that's not how. That's not how any, any of this works. works. <laughs> okay, they were able to find out where people called. In the, in the great podcast serial, fucking ten years ago, where you made a phone call from almost immediately by just triangulating where you were within cell towers. Well, this was sixteen years ago, though, Curtis. I don't give a shit. Milo is garbage. He's <laughs> yeah, horrible. So we have, we have a couple little things on this one. So this is all enough to give some weird tension to Kim and Terry in the like kind of guard shed that they're like they didn't the worst need it. cell phone hiders in the history of cell phone hiding. <laughs> Right. The so, first one wasn't bad. I mean, Rafe McGee couldn't find it. Right. <laughs> so, okay. So, so we come in. So Terry calls Nina and Tony at CTU. Um, they start with the trace. Uh, they hear Eli and Rick coming back into the shed and, uh, Terry hides the phone in the rafters, just like she did the last time. And, um, she asks as soon as, uh, Eli walks in the door, like, what do you want from us? And he's like, I think I left my phone in here. <laughs> Have you seen it? Have you seen? Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. The gentleman, first of all, first of all, I, I I do not mean to make light of this because we talked about this in the last episode. Like, he definitely sexually assaulted her. Like, it was yeah, it was a yeah. bad situation, but it wasn't in that room. Right. The room that they're in right now is not where. If the phone was in that room, it meant that she stole it, and he didn't put that together. It just like he came in there for thirty seconds and just like. Threw some hey, hay bales around. Hey, I lost my phone. Did I leave it in this room I wasn't in? No? Okay. Hey, uh, kidnappees, <laughs> uh, did you happen to see a phone that could save your lives, maybe? And he did He did throw out the line, Rick, you see it anywhere. <laughs> yeah, so... Which I've never understood why that's a phrase. <laughs> okay, so... So him and Rick are looking anywheres for the phone. Uh, they move approximately two hay bales, look for 15 seconds. Rick has, okay, so Rick, hope against hope, he has not really picked up on a single thing in this entire show, like that his friend was one dealing with murderers and drug dealers, and mm-hmm. that would, like, that his friend was murdered for asking questions and then asked questions. A lot Rick, of questions. Rick, he, he of the no perception looks directly up at the phone randomly and sees no, it in no. the rafters. He looks up at the phone because he sees Kim's stupid ass look directly at the rafters. Right. And it's like, Kim, come on. But I, I, once again, Michael, if it's true, that was a stretch for Rick. I don't, I don't play Dungeons and Dragons very much, but homeboy rolled a 20 on a perception <laughs> check. <laughs> Which he's got a negative a natural per- 20. He's got Pretty a negative, bad. he's got a negative 10 to perception and just happened to <laughs> yeah. look up at the rafters and catch that cell phone peeking out the side of the rafters. So Dude, maybe sometimes you get a lucky himself, fucking roll. Maybe he thought to himself, huh? I wonder if the sun's up there. And then there it was. There was a cell phone. <laughs> so he just happened to look up and catch sight of the cell phone and then leaves it to himself. He does not tell Eli, our terrorist. Um, so they walk out after searching for the cell phone. There sure is in that room for about 12 seconds. And uh, so we cut back and uh, we learn that the trace is going to take a couple of minutes. A couple. It is now a couple of minutes. Which, by the way, spoiler alert, will turn into 45 goddamn oh my minutes. God. I, they I, could guys. have literally, like, driven to wherever the self tower is and then fucking climbed up it and hacked into it and then drove to the next fucking cell phone tower. And still it wouldn't have taken this fucking long. I mean, I, it, maybe I'm spoiled because we live in, you know, 2017 now, but 
even back then, even like Enemy of the State, which mm-hmm. I think came out in 2001, like they could tell where you were and have images of you in 30 seconds. Well, like, they can at least tell what cell tower you're using, right? Yeah, it's it's pretty bad. It's it's pretty. It says doesn't say a lot of good things about our anti-terrorism units back in the day. There uh, that they can't find. find a cell phone that they know is in L.A. within like. With an open line. Right. That's the thing. It's like, they are making an active call. Like, <laughs> how do you not... Okay, well, don't forget... Directly so, to so them, dude. They're he, not even trying to intercept a call. It's to them. So <laughs> I looked up when he said... Um, he said they traced it to north of the 10 and east of the 405, which, if you guys look at the map, is, um like, like North America <laughs> minus Mexico. <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of like every time they like they like narrowed down the grid of like this phone call throughout this episode it was like, oh yeah, it's uh it's north of the ten and like east of the four was like that's eighty percent of Los Angeles. Like, well, and they said at one point they said uh he's like, oh, I've narrowed it down to four repeaters with five hundred square miles. Oh, that's twenty two square twenty two by twenty two. That's a lot of fucking miles. Four repeaters were covering five hundred square miles. No fucking way. Yeah. Hey, yeah, no. hey, guys. Before we get too bogged down in how dumb this shit is, you want to? <laughs> do you guys want to move on? Yeah, let's get to the Palmers. Okay, it's now yeah, it's now nine oh nine. So we cut back to the the uh, the cam, the traffic cam- chopper in L.A. Traffic and, uh, exposition. Yeah, so weirdly, we learn that David Palmer is on his way to an elementary school, which I know after I have an assassination attempt, I just go on my day and just go talk to kids. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, we cut to Sherry, and she's kind of talking to David about why he still wants to tell the world about Keith, because there's no reason he should want to tell everybody that Keith murdered his sister's <laughs> rapist mm-hmm. uh, since Lori, uh, Maureen Kingsley uh, is sitting on the I believe the it's Righteous Vengeance. I know it's been a while. Mm-hmm. My bad. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It has been a minute. Um, so she says he, she's sitting on the story, but David responds, she's going to tell it. She's If not now, tomorrow, the story is too big to hide. And uh, I really don't understand David's insistence on this point. Like, Like, it has to come out today no matter what. Yeah, it's it's really weird. It's like, bro, just wait till after the primary. They've or she's already said she's not going to do it today. Like, why? What is your insistence on doing this in the like twelve hours the polls are open? Right. He is a self righteous asshole. Right. So we get into that. So uh, so Mike Novak, his chief of staff, gets into it, and uh, he's in the car with him uh, with uh, David and Sherry. Says we need to control the story. And if we're lucky, we can even use the assassination attempt at the power plant to their advantage. People will be more forgiving. Um, Sherry's like, you're making a mistake. And David says, it's my mistake to make, which is... <laughs> I, guys, I remember watching this series as a younger man and being like, oh, yeah, he's he's the hero. Like, David's right. No. And now that I, like, I have, like, I've... I've had more than like two girlfriends. Was like, what an asshole! Like, the guy, <laughs> yeah. like he's just yeah. an idiot. Yeah, he's an, he's complete. It's it's not your mistake to make. Okay, your son's life is in the balance, and that's the mother of your son who's mm. talking to you and begging you not to do something, and you're just being like, nope. My image is more important than anything else on the planet. Like he just, do this. He just really wants to see his son in prison for his own yeah. sake. I don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, he hates Keith. Yeah. So we cut back to Jack. He's strapping up. He's he's uh cocking his gun. He gets a preliminary trace that it's north of the ten, east of the four oh five, which once again is eighty percent of Los Angeles. Um so as as Jack realizes that, uh Tony is going through Jamie's emails and he finds one finds one that is very encrypted, but they did not encrypt the subject line. And mm-hmm. it says Ted Kofel. Yeah, because when you're trying to do when you're trying to do illegal spy stuff, you definitely don't encrypt the subject line and you put the name. you put the name of the person you're dealing with right there. Yeah. So the, Kush, I need to go, so I need to go one, back thirty seconds there real fast. You forgot something. They yeah. did he did there was a requested uh socket being opened. Yes. Uh, oh damn it, I did write drink. socket in all caps with an exclamation point. So, so everyone please so. drink for socket. Also, yeah. can someone explain to me why when Palmer got out of the got out of his limo? Uh, the kids were screaming at him like he was the goddamn Beatles. Uh, Michael, I will explain that to you as soon as you take a drink for a socket. Oh, sorry. Yeah, we're all watching you, dickhead. Curtis, thank you for drinking twice. Appreciate it. 
Uh, no, I can't explain that to you. Thank you for drinking. <laughs> you fucking liar. Um, so anyway, um, so we have this somehow encrypted email, but not encrypted subject uh, subject line that says Ted Kofel, which is a new lead. Um, Nina and Tony call Milo, who says he's too busy on the trace, which, by the way, is going to take half an hour. And uh, also, what is he doing on the trace? You just exactly. start it and then it it's does a, its thing. It, yeah, it's a program. It just runs. So this is this, okay. <laughs> He's just so once staring again, at a screen. He's not even pretending to type. So once again, this is so we've learned earlier that CTU software not great, and also <laughs> is streamed from other places. <laughs> so as they haven't really told us how long it would be at this point. So my when as soon as Milo said I'm busy on the traces, I just wrote it's been six minutes. Also. I can't do two things at once because you have to stream the decryption software from CTU servers. And I assume the trace is also not happening happening on a local server. So well, I um, assume he's downloading the software from LimeWire. And sometimes if you get a bad node, it just takes forever. Yeah, but this is one of those things where they, they can make hacking into magic, which Guys, is hilarious. Guys, before we move on too, too far, I really need to drop this on you. So... Milo is decrypting the uh, the software for the whatever he's got, and then Tony hands him a zip disk <laughs> with the email on it. Kush, did and you ever have a zip disk? I had multiple zip disks. Oh, I, used yeah. to have to, I used to do payroll for my father's business, oh, and we would yeah. back up all every weekly payroll on a zip disk. And it those was bitches were like a hundred megabytes, hundred megabytes, dude, my friend. Dude, in in Mission Impossible, the first movie, the entire knock list of every CIA agent on the planet was on a zip disk. <laughs> Do not forget that. That was the most important goddamn disk on the planet. And now, yeah. if you wanted to steal every identity of a CIA agent, you'd have to steal Carmen Sandiego style the entirety of the CIA. Like, <laughs> you know, or or you just have to ask Donald Trump for it. Yeah, he would tell you in the office. <laughs> hey guys, bad news. Tony gets a call from the hospital and Jamie's dead. Oh no. Mm. Jamie's got a dead. What? Wow, bro. <laughs> wow. Hey, how about you check yourself? Because this is now 914 and Jamie's dead. But now it's 918. It's, it's Jamie is a corpse is the song, Michael. Not Jamie's got it dead. That's, <laughs> come on, man. You keep it classy. Hey, I, I know, guys, I know we're a little out of practice on this on this particular podcast. And mm-hmm. frankly, the other one that me and Michael do, because it was not great tonight. <laughs> but it's now 918. And uh, Jack and Terry finally get to talk. They connect each other. And... Um, mm-hmm. Oh wait, God! Hold on, sorry. I I I wrote a thing that says Jack says a very Zool sentence, <laughs> but let me let me break it down for us. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Please explain. So, guys, it's nine eighteen, and Jack and Terry finally get to speak. And uh, mm-hmm. Jack says a very two thousand and one sentence. <laughs> he says. <laughs> I have to say it. I have to say it. Please. Are you the are you the key master? <laughs> I am the gatekeeper. <laughs> so Jax has a very 2001 sentence. Nina is tracing the cellular signal to your location. <laughs> Which, by the way, it's already been 11 minutes on mm. this trace. Yep. Also, cellular signal. Yep. The, the cellular telephone. So Terry asks Jack specifically, how long will that take? And he says 20 more minutes, which at that point will be 31 total minutes. Oh, my God. How long do you have to stay on a goddamn phone call to trace a call? And, like, Like, a satellite phone. This is, like, a very specific, like, they've narrowed it down to 500 square miles, which is a massive, massive fucking region. You you know what? I could have narrowed it down to 500 square miles by the fact that they couldn't have gone that fucking far... In the amount of time that they had, they were just at the goddamn hospital. It's only been like an hour. You can only go so far. So in the meantime, Jack is driving in a in illicitly acquired vehicle. Um, the LAPD pulls up to tries to pull him over. He does, 
he says, <laughs> I'll be done in a minute to Nina and Terry. Um, so Jack pulls over as the cops walk up to the car. And I, I, I have to re- reiterate, he's very white. Let's just go ahead and say that. Mm-hmm. So the cops walk up to him. As soon as they get halfway to the car, Jack just hits that gas oh, pedal. He peels out. He, he noped right out of there. Yep. <laughs> That's the greatest nope. move ever, though. Like, wait till they get real close up to the car, and then they have to run all the way back. Yeah, it's a great move for you, Michael, and maybe for Jack. Um, I would have been shot. I know this. I know it for sure. Well, yeah, they would have had their guns out already, though. So, so Jack drives approximately 20 seconds? Yep. And then, like, pulls into a parking lot and gets out of it with his briefcase full of cool cop stuff. Um... <laughs> And then somehow the next cop that shows up is a different cop that was not in the mm-hmm. car. Mm-hmm. Um, and they start searching and Jack just hides under a car yep. where he they, will remain for 35 minutes. They never search low. No. They're just like, no, clearly he's going to be walking just straight up in between these cars. And by the way, this is not a large, I, I have to stress this because this is maybe a like, post office parking lot. It's yeah, not no, like it's a Walmart like a, parking lot. It's like it's a 50, very small. 50 cars max. <laughs> and they search for like 30 minutes. It, it goes on for a very long time. So Jack hides in a car. Cops start searching. Um, Terry still wants updates, so she calls Jack, who is hiding underneath the car, and uh, he starts talking to Terry about where she's being held, and the only real detail, detail that she can provide is that she smells eucalyptus trees. <laughs> That's it. That's like the one thing. Uh, yep. Do, do then, you guys know what eucalyptus trees smell like? Well, no, no, I'm not a goddamn koala. Guys, I I don't. But while I thought that was possibly the the least useful information, we cut immediately to Milo, who oh, is asked about. Oh. How long it will take to get it? You know, where we need an update. And he says, well, the closer we get, the longer it will take. Oh, uh, this fuckstick said each iteration, closer we get, the longer each iteration takes. That is such bullshit yeah, well, with regards to searching things. Just trying to iterate it's, stuff, bro. Oh, God, no. <laughs> the whole point of iteration is that it takes quicker to get to the right answers. Here, here's the smaller your data set is, kids, the easier it is to search it. Just letting you know. This is all bullshit. It's all a lie. Fuck you, Milo. <laughs> I'm starting to think that Milo is not very good at his job. Or, or, Milo's in on it. I don't think you think that. I don't think you believe that at all. You don't know what I think. Yeah. Well, as Milo's fucking around being a dick Can mouse, we just talk about how loud Terry is talking on this fucking phone? She's very loud. Like, she's like yelling into the phone. It's almost like she knows nothing matters. <laughs> Speaking of nothing mattering, and this sucked, like, so, for a long bit of this cover, like, this episode, Jack is just on the phone with Terry, and he says, they didn't hurt you, right? And this is, they played it off like it was literally nothing, and, like, after the last couple episodes, this really sucked, because, like, I love 24, I know we all do, but, like, Terry dealt with some shit, and Jack, like, every, like, every interaction is played like it doesn't matter, and now, like, they're going to sell it off to Jack like nothing happened, which really bothers me a lot. Well, I mean, Terry told Kim before, like, we're going to go back to our lives and we're going to pretend like this didn't happen because it's not. this is not going to be part of our lives. Yeah, but I, I want to see full Jack. I want to see full anger Jack. And I think that watching him just destroy Eli when he finds out about the hard R would be fantastic. I don't know if it's happening now. So I'm a little upset. Well, the thing for me, and again, I don't remember enough of this show. I want Terry to rip Eli apart. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that's that that's well. what I want for me. So we we cut to Jack, and he's talking to Kim. He says he, he knows he hasn't been the best father. He hasn't been there for them, but he's going to get it together. And it's really weird that we hear Tony and Nina are listening to Jack talking to Terry and Kim about Jack being a better father and a better husband and it's you can tell Nina's there looking down and Tony's looking at Nina it's really a weird 
di- trichotomy. Weird. It's a weird <laughs> triangle of shit going on. I don't even know what angle that is. Hey, hey, Kush, what what time is it in 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 uh, twenty four land right now? It is nine twenty four, probably. All right. Why? What do you got? What do you? What no, are you I'm just tr- saying we're. What's your angle, Howard? No, because <laughs> we're like we're like thirty five minutes into recording, and I think we're yeah we're still like at like nine twenty. Oh, I'm sorry. Are you guiding this ship? <laughs> All of a sudden, you're trying to step on my shit. Hey, hey, Michael. Hey, hey, friend. Oh, you want to talk about Tom Hanks right now? <laughs> He's gonna do it. Do it. Say it. Say Fuck one. you. <laughs> it's not. It's 9.24, and we're on our way back to CTU, God damn it! Kush, Kush, look at me. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I'm done. I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm out of here. Okay, you know what? Captain hey, Sully Sullenberger. <laughs> okay, hey, you know what? Here we go. You want some jack shit? So, Eli and Rick come back into the fucking little... And they say... Where's that phone at? We know it's here. And for some reason, the phone beeps. Eli finds it. He walks in, picks that phone up off the rafters. Because mm-hmm. Nokia's have uh, terrible battery life. It only lasts 37 days. So Eli, the terrorist, who has uh, made some pretty fucking criminal advances on Terry, says, who is this? <laughs> Guys, who wants to tell me what Jack says? The kind of line that you kind of only daydream about. Oh, God, here it is. It's almost masturbatory. The man says that I am the last thing you'll ever see if anything happens to my wife or daughter. Mm -hmm. Guys, i got to be very honest with you. I've thought about what I would say if someone hurt my dog. (laughs) And it's better than that. (laughs) But this is fucking rad. This is the kind of thing that I you think about. It Mm -hmm. festers. Mm -hmm. Like, if someone Mm -hmm. hurts your family... You want to be able to say this line. And Jack kills it. Yeah. Yeah. And the word, the best part was that Eli, like, he clearly looks a little bit shaken by that. Right. Like, I, I might have just heard death on the phone. So here's the thing, though. Like, as much as that sucks, like, if you had to hear that and, like, I would be very happy. Um, You hear that. Eli takes the phone and goes to tell Ira Gaines that... Terry and Kim had called for help. Mm, without hanging up the phone. He had not hung up the <laughs> fucking phone. And uh, Rick is saying, what are you going to do, man? They called from your phone. What is Gaines going to think? And um, first of all, so there's that weird thing. Like, Rick is trying to help them out. He's like, Eli has done a very bad thing and fucked up. And st- and still at this point, is not going up with the phone. But Rick has also been on the crew for two hours at this <laughs> yeah. point and all, only got on the crew because his friend was murdered in front of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What mm-hmm. kind of currency does Rick think he has? Like, <laughs> on this crew? Rick also dug a grave. He, he did do some good digging. Yeah. He, you know, he dug, put his bro in. He dug real good. Yeah. Okay, guys. So, uh, we cut to commercial break. We cut back. It's 9.32. It's now, after 10 minutes of being in a very small parking lot, uh, the cops have finally located Jack Bauer's car in this parking <laughs> lot. It's been 10 minutes. They finally found it. The crack squad of LAPD investigators. Uh, Jack is still underneath the same car that he found 10 feet away from his mm. original car. Yep. Um, and then he breaks into another car. Uh, and doesn't really do much with it, but, um, the parking lot he's in has one exit. And they let him leave. I don't really understand how he's going to get out of there. Nope. He hey, just... In the immortal words of, G- of, of Eazy-E, it's all about making that GTA. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, oh, that's a, that's a different car. So he's cool. <laughs> he's okay. Yeah. So, so Jack is still on the phone with CTU. He finds out that Tony has found a big lead with Ted Kofel, who is the CEO of a bank in Burbank. Uh, through Can we email. back up one second, though? Sure, please. So, it is now 9.32, and Jack calls Nina, and they say that they've narrowed the location down to a 25-mile radius. Now, at 9.18-ish, they had narrowed it down to 500 square miles, which is 22 miles by 22 miles, which means that there's actually a larger area that they have to cover now, and it's been 14 <laughs> minutes. Mm-mm, mm-mm. I don't like your logic. <laughs> okay. So how the 
fuck? What were they doing? Michael, let me break this down for you. Um, and for the rest of America. Yes. At for, 918. For our 28 listener. I'm sorry. And, and Australia, I think, and Ireland. <laughs> yes. Going on right now? And maybe all over you. And, and Eastern Europe. 500 is a larger number <laughs> than 25. <laughs> yeah. Asshole. So if I say them, if I say 25 after 500, obviously. Things have gotten easier. But they say 25-mile radius. That's a 50-mile diameter. That is actually double. That is more than double the area that they had it down to 14 minutes ago. Michael, you have an engineering degree. Okay? (laughs) Okay? You know what the word radius means. (laughs) Yeah. The assholes in the 24 writers room have an English degree from Harvard. (laughs) Yeah, you'd think they would know what they were doing, but oops, they fucked up. Oopsie doodles, no idea, okay? It's a bigger goddamn number. Okay. Speaking of having no idea what's going on, um, Tony says they found a big lead. Ted Kofel is the CEO at a massive bank in Burbank. Not a massive bank, but uh, they've decoded his email, and Jack is heading towards his office at 21500 Riverside Drive. Uh, and they know that Gaines is going to try to contact Jamie, and they have to make sure that he thinks she's still alive. Tells Jamie to send a status report, and he gets a phone call from someone new. It is Mr. Drazen, his boss. We finally get a peek behind the curtain Uh of who is orchestrating Uh this whole thing. And um, Mr. Drazen, who is it? Because he also mentions his brother. Right. And his family. But he Mm -hmm. appears to be the point person of the Drazen clan, who he is flying into L.A., and he wants to know why Palmer isn't dead. Said, my brother and I are very disappointed. So we we understand that it's him and someone else. And Gaines says, we've run into some very bad luck. To which Drazen responds, bad luck or bad management. It's enough to Mm -hmm. void the contract. Mm -hmm. And he says, to have David Palmer and Jack Bauer in the same city on the same day and to slip through our fingers would be intolerable. So it's our final sense that we, we kind of hear that Palmer and Bauer are on the same level. They want both of them dead. Up to this point, it's been, it seems like Palmer's the primary target. Here, here's my thing. So he made it sound special that they were in the same city. Yeah, <laughs> but but Jack Bauer lives in Los Angeles, yeah. mm-hmm. and David Palmer was visiting. is the senator of California. I'm assuming that Los Angeles is a common place that he visits. Perhaps these gentlemen have other times. And it's, it's been several months leading up to the California presidential primary. I find it hard yeah. to believe that David Palmer wouldn't have been in L.A. at some point in the last at least couple weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other interesting thing is that, you know, he says... He tells uh, Gaines, like, for you, it may be about the money, but for us, it's personal. So clearly something happened. Yeah, man. I want to know what, what went Between down. the Drazen family and Jack or Palmer or both at some point. Yeah, so that's that's a good point. So as we go through this conversation, um, you know, basically Drazen is telling um, Ira that he needs to figure it out. Ira says, the plan will still work. We still have Bauer's family. We can still make him work for us. So they kind of just, rather than coming up with a new plan, they recycled the same plan they already tried. And, um... Drazen says that plan B ought never to be plan A recycled. Which is... Pretty good line. Pretty good point. So he basically says that, Michael, to your point, that while for you it's financial, for me it's personal, I am going to ask Ted Kofel to drain the accounts within 30 minutes if you don't figure it out. Um, so if you don't get it right, money isn't all that you'll lose. So, you know, we, we start to feel some of the tension between our terrorists. We understand mm-hmm. that Gaines is kind of under the gun more than we've ever felt before, even though, like, We've always seen that he's sort of on the on a hair's trigger, but now we understand is kind of starting to understand why. But I think Drazen yeah. overdid it a little bit here, right? You, 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 he threatened the money, and then immediately threatened his life. Oh yeah, it's it, it, wait a little bit. That escalated, you know? quickly. Yeah, be like, hey, now you don't get any money, but I'll also murder you. <laughs> That's like an hour later conversation because you you've already said both of them, so now I can't trust you, mm. and you don't want to pay me. Yeah. That's bullshit. Yeah, they're not going to drain the money for 30 minutes. But, like, he's like, well, if you're going to kill me anyways. 
All right, fellas. Well, let's move on through because uh, we're we're Fine. a little bit behind. Okay. But okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get to some good stuff. So um, it's nine thirty six. Sherry calls somebody. You're gonna Coral. be sh- you're gonna be shocked to find out that it is Coral, our Coral. political political operative. Um, and weirdly enough, he's surrounded by a cabal of old white dudes, which um, I've been led to believe generally leads all of politics. Um, and, uh, she says, he says, I assume that you're calling because David plans to make, uh, the announcement about Keith's involvement in the murder, the righteous vengeance against, uh, his sister's attacker, and you can't stop him. So she tells him that you've lost all influence with David, but you might be able to stop Maureen. And Carl responds, as a matter of fact, I've already taken care of it. He's already taken care of all the evidence against Keith, but you don't want to know what that entails. And he says, he tells Sherry, I've given David a way out of this. Make sure he takes it. Which, given what we know of David, what are the chances that he will take a shadowy path out of trouble? Negative 37%. Yeah. Yeah. He also implies, he mentions the doctor's name. uh, And Mm -hmm. he says he's, quote unquote, taking care of the evidence. Yeah. Uh, which now we're we're moving into territory where I, I might have to start siding with Palmer uh, if people are going to start getting murdered over this. Michael, Michael, I believe that George Ferragamo may be under a pool right now. <laughs> yeah, he may what be up? at the the deep end. Mm. But the thing is, like, I don't, I don't think like given what is already out in the public eye and under you know two reporters. I don't know what evidence they could have destroyed. And this will come back in the, the future, you know, 20 minutes of the show, but like nothing happens. Like it, this is like a weird thing. It was like, they're going to intimidate a witness. Maybe, but they're like gonna kill Ferragamo, yo, Mm-mm. Carl said it already, he already took care of it. Yeah. It's already done. Ferragamo's dead. It's, it's He's over, not testifying man. about shit. Um, so we come back to Milo at CTU. He says that he's tracked a wire transfer from Gaines to uh, or two gains from a account they've been watching. They think it's from Ted Kofel. This so, motherfucker hacked an encrypted email message quicker than he was able to narrow a fucking search down for a cell phone from 500 square miles to approximately f- like like a thousand square miles. And this is this is one of those things in like in 24 lore that I don't know how to square because i know that in modern times and even like the last 10 years much less last 16 years you can trace a call in 30 seconds tops you know tops i don't know if it there's no way it took 35 minutes which is what it takes in this episode but maybe it took longer than normal but i I still can't believe that it would be this like long no no like maybe a couple minutes but, like, if you not have every, any line open for that long. Yeah. I mean, not every phone had a GPS like it does now, but... Uh, Milo tracks down a wire transfer of two gains of $1 million. They believe it's Ted Kofel's money. Um, they call Jack, tell him all about Kofel. They get, a, like, a nice little biography. He's got an MBA from blah, blah, blah. He's worth $35 million. Um, they, Jack says, patch me into his office and plays the old... Uh, somehow, patching Jack into his office takes about one nanosecond and he does the old I'm an old from from college trick and uh learns exactly where Kofel is and that he will be only at the office until 10 a.m. So Jack is on a clock. He's got about 20 minutes to get to his office. And now it's 943. <laughs> Jack just hangs up on her too. Yeah, Jack just hangs up like the least <laughs> suspicious person on the planet. Hey guys, little little plot hole. What? Real quick, real quick. In this quick. show? Real quick, real quick. What? Um I believe that Amanda uh, our, our our beloved Mandy was paid a million dollars to uh, to get an ID, mm-hmm. and if Ted Koval only paid gains a million dollars for the whole plot, where's the margin on that? <laughs> Maybe it's you a, know. I assume that that was just the down payment. Okay. That, okay. Because he had right. he had wired him already the million, or maybe that was the extra million that Mandy like. Demanded. Sure. Right? I'm just, I'm just wondering here. I'm, I'm a man who likes a, you know, a nice solid margin, uh, you know, on a, on a, on a, on a project. That's uh, seems like bullshit. It seems zero. like a, like a negative margin. If yeah, you, you got, you got, two a, you, million. Got, you, you got, you got a lot of overhead. Hey, 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 f- hey, fellas, 
Speaking of someone who's never made a profit on a single investment. Go, go, go ahead. I'm um, sorry, Kurt. Yeah. Continue the, continue no, the that's just me my living fault. my life. Um, <laughs> you know, sometimes you place bets, you place small bets, you try to iterate on them, and whatever bet pays off is your winner. But sometimes all of your bets are bad. Yeah, but and it, it, see, the problem is when you iterate, each iteration takes longer. Oh, God damn it. Okay. To do. Uh, Kush, can you can you get back to can you get back to the CTU, please? <laughs> no, it's nine forty three. No, now I'm one of you, and we're gonna talk about. Oops, what about if in Apollo thirteen they had connected the tubes to like a vacuum system, and they're like, oh no, all of our air is outside, and now we're dying. Are you back talking about how Tom Hanks is the greatest actor of our time? Yes. Imagine Tom if Tom fantastic. Hanks had had to deal with all of his air being outside. <laughs> As opposed to inside where air is supposed to be? Yeah. Imagine all of Tom Hanks' air. <laughs> well, technically, Michael, fresh air is outside, so you're wrong. <laughs> Not in space. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Curtis, I have, to, I have to very much insist. All of Tom Hanks' air is outside in space. And now he's dead. Mm, yeah. Tom Hanks died. Now, ima- in, yeah, imagine in that in Apollo 13, they he had died. actually taken all of Tom Hanks' air mm. and put it outside while he was inside. <laughs> and then he died. And they killed him. Ron Howard killed Tom Hanks at Apollo 13. I've, I've only seen Then Tom Hanks who die plays twice. Sully Sullenberger in the movie? <sighs> Denzel Washington does. <laughs> <laughs> but this time, he's sober. Ooh. It's Is flight. that the tagline? No, it's it's flight. flight two. This time he's sober. Yeah. No, 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 no. First of all, first of all, by this point, Brian Cranston was famous enough to play Sully Sullenberger, so he would have done that. Right. Curtis, no, it's flight two, <laughs> but this time he's sober. Can it be flight two, Goosey Boogaloo? <laughs> Listen, it, it's it's either Denzel or it's it's damn it. It's Powers Booth. No, I was gonna say Tim. How Allen. dare you? I was gonna. How s- dare you? I was gonna say Tim Allen. Tim Allen <laughs> to infinity and beyond. Okay, so Jack does the whole. I'm gonna. I'm a friend from school. Let me meet him at ten o'clock before whatever. But um, guys, I gotta be honest with you. So he believes that Ted Kofel is bankrolling an assassination that should have happened just before eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Jack is now angling for a meeting with this man <laughs> at 10 a.m. I am no international goon or crime lord, but I I gotta say, if I was gonna arrange or bankroll an assassination at 10 a.m. and then leave the country, I would probably leave the country at 8 a.m. when the assassination was planned for. Yeah, I, I also would not might be stay a little around for two hours. I would also might I be a little suspicious if a random person calls and says he's a friend from school on the morning that I happen to have bankrolled yeah. an assassination of the yeah. presidential candidate. Kush, I would have been in Venezuela by 8 a.m. the day before. Oh, hell yeah. Fuck yeah. that. We would, me? we would have been gone for show. For show. Okay, so we cut the commercial. We come back. It's now 9.43. Um... Tony very helpfully tells Nina that uh, Division had called him previously and said that they were sending a replacement for Jack. Um, and she says they didn't waste any time doing that, did they? And I got to say, they kind of wasted some time. It's been a uh, long time. It's been a couple of minutes since Jack has been derelict of duty. Mm-hmm. Um, so we learned that is Alberta Green, that she used to work for Nina at Division. And she's due to arrive at 945, which is... Literally a minute away. Yeah, which by the time by the time she three in like twenty nine seconds. Yes. Yeah, so. Thanks for the heads up, Tony. You fucking dickbag. Guys, guys, I I hate to mention this every goddamn episode, but you know, fucking Alberta Green's gonna get there in two minutes, and I have yet to meet fucking Rayburn <laughs> or Perry Tanaka. I gotta be honest with you. You've already <laughs> met. You've already met Tanaka, but yeah, I did we make met a Tanaka. No- did I we- did. I did make a note about Rayburn. In about six minutes. <laughs> all right. Yeah, Wait, you all saw right. Rayburn? Okay. No, no, no. No, Rayburn's not here, but I made a note in all caps about oh, okay. where... I said, I where say. is Rayburn in all caps? <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So we're going to cut through some shit. This is all dumb. Um, so we cut back to... Um, 
So Jack calls Nina for an update about Tekofel while um, Alberta arrives. Um, he learns that she's on her way. We come back to Kim and Terry. They have a little heart to heart about like why Jack left and why they maybe might not get together. And um, we learned that Jack disappeared because he was difficult and had some anger issues, which <laughs> guys, I, I don't see it. I don't, I don't no, know. No. Uh, she, she says your father is the best man I've ever known. And I wrote in parentheses who also murders. So mm, he vengeances. He, he, he vengeances his heart. So, the other great thing bef- before that was, speaking of 2001, uh, Jack has to call in to ask for traffic updates, which is yeah, pretty I terrific. I want Nina as my new ways. Right. Ways. It was pretty solid what she was doing for Jack on the way there. And so it's we come back to CTU. Alberta Green is now officially late. It's like 947 and she's running behind. She looks Still no nonsense as fuck, though. She does arrive She's, with her squad after we learn yeah. that we learn that uh, Ted Kofel is going to Denver on a private plane, and then Alberta Green walks up with her squad, looking mm-hmm. fierce as fuck. So, guys, I gotta tell you, I don't trust Alberta Green. Do you want to know why? Why? The Law and Order rule oh, applies oh, even stronger. Sure, if you are literally the medical examiner from Law and Order SVU. <laughs> Which is what this woman has played before. So she is a goddamn murderer. Anyway, move forward, Kush. <laughs> no, no, no. Hold on. Hold on. Curtis, who is this woman? Because I know she looks familiar, but... Tamra she's... Tunney is the medical examiner from SVU, my friend. That's yeah. literally her role? Are you yes. seeing mm-hmm. me? Yes. That's a little on the nose, 24. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is that Nina introduces her, and she's like... The way she says acting director, it's so disrespectful... Well, so my thing with this whole this whole sequence was other than that, which yeah, like not how you want to talk about your new boss, but <laughs> she says most of you have been up for twenty four hours. So this is once she introduces Alberta Green. Alberta starts talking to the the staff of twenty of uh, CTU. She says most of you have been up for twenty four hours. Too bad. If you have a problem, now is a good time to resign. Let's get to work. <laughs> and I was like, okay. At least one new person, Rayburn, was mm-hmm. on the way in. And, Where is yeah. the day staff? Why is there just this one 24-hour staff of, like, hooligans yeah, because running they didn't CTU? Get a, they didn't know there was a threat until, like, midnight. So, right. like, right. there is no reason that they should have still been at work at midnight. Anyways, right. if they work yeah. on a day shift. So, Rayburn could not have been the only one, the only new person on his way in. Yes. Her speech was, I know you're tired. I give no fucks. Don't you yawn. You can quit if you don't like it. Peace out, y'all. Right. So she says, obviously, this is awkward, but we'll get through it. We're professionals. And then we cut back to David Palmer at his elementary school. Lying Uh, about fucking basketball again. He's lying about basketball. His uh, chief of staff, Mike Novak, gets a call. And uh, some little kid starts talking mad shit about Georgetown and says they suck. And uh, he says, says one, Georgetown sucks. And two, they'll never be a black president. So um, Palmer responds that, one... Hey, fuck your dad, first yeah. of all. <laughs> your dad sounds like a dick. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he doesn't really repeat the lie about draining a three against DePaul, but we can all really sense it in the air. Like, mm-hmm. we all we all know he didn't do it. Exactly. That's it. Um, <laughs> I thought there'd be more from that from you guys, but no. Okay, that's fine. We're trying to help you move along, man. You don't want us going off on basketball tangents for an hour. Okay, cool, 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 cool. Okay, so, um, meanwhile, Mike... Uh, kind of fills David in on the call that he got. He says that Frank can I, Ames... Can I just say one thing about this? This uh, You couldn't have brought that up 10 seconds ago before I started talking about other stuff? No. No? This scene with Palmer sitting with all the children and then he gets the call from, from Mike and You're he like, it, has to you? get up. It, it looks very reminiscent to the... The scene with George W. Bush God, when he gets the news yep. for for uh, 9-11, right? Yep. Little 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 prophetic is what it was. Yeah, UN, because this, right? was, this was shot before that, right? That it was. That it was. Yeah, at that least was. a year and a half. That it was. That it was. Also, I'm going to do this because I know, I know you wanted to hear this before, but it's kind of funny that it's coming up now. You know, that kid is reminiscent of what I was as a kid, believing there'd be a black president. Psh, never going to happen. <laughs> Are you kidding me right now? And here's the thing. 
even after having one for the last eight years, I believe we won't have one again because of what we have now in the country. Mm. So, boom yeah. time, A-bomb. Hey, hey, Curtis, <laughs> first of all, I got to tell you, I wish you just said that 35 seconds ago. Also, 55 seconds ago before Michael started talking his dumb shit. Um <laughs> but it wouldn't drive you crazy that way, buddy. We promised you this was going to happen. We have to do it to you. No, no, no. Yeah, no, you did. But all that considered, I got to tell you this. I don't think we have anything but black presidents from now on because... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because after this disaster, they're Oops. not going to let white people in the White House ever again. When the German chancellor prefers the black president to the white one, it's oh, time to go ahead yeah, and have black dudes. Oh, no. Yo, we tried real hard with that... Oh, what a honky though! <laughs> we went, we went, we went with Chief Honky, yeah. and then oh, dude, she, she was like, "I miss, I miss the black man." Where is he? Yeah, there was a, there was, there was a hey, huge. There's the black man. We really fucked up. Oh shit! <laughs> this is a big, like I'm getting whiplash over here. You know, it's, it's rough. Yeah. It's rough out here. Yeah. All right, hey, let's, hey. let's finish. Let's finish this bitch off. Hey, how is about the the podcast oh. we are doing? Yes, do you want to record about 24? <laughs> <laughs> so, one kid starts talking mad shit about one, Georgetown, and two says that his father says a black man will never be president. So, as that kid is talking mad shit, Mike Novak, we learn that his phone call is some, from someone named Frank Ames, David's largest contributor, and he has him on the phone, and we also reveal that Frank Ames is one of the gentlemen, the pasty white gentleman, in the room with Carl, as Sherry was talking to him on the phone earlier. And uh, he says that he tells David all about Carl's plans, and he he says that he will not be part of it. He washes his hands of David's entire candidacy, and he says he will not be party to getting rid of the evidence against Keith. So, David has has a lot to swallow. It's now 9.56. David... We see him sitting next to Sherry, kind of digesting all of his information. Uh, he's clearly not happy and kind of adding this tension of Sherry sort of doing the right thing for the family and also the right thing kind of for David, but David doing the right thing for his own like personal sense of political guilt. I don't know. It's like a weird, there's a weird dichotomy between David. Like he's clearly, he wants to get ahead, but also doesn't want to do it in the wrong way. So at 9.56, we cut back to CTU. We meet Nina walking up the stairs to meet Alberta in Jack's office. And guys, can you imagine kind of holding a meeting in someone else's office? Yeah, it's a little weird. She just moves right in, you know, like like it's nothing. Also, isn't the office... I'm a consultant. I just take offices, son. Isn't the office kind of like a crime scene? Like, well, no, they don't know about your boy yet. Oh, or, right. Are you talking about George? How he got darted? No, I was talking about how Jack like <laughs> held Nina hostage as he was like, you know. Well, know so it's, it's weird for me because I I work in an open office, so like there's no offices. Like I there's no really desks even. This is like you just kind of like move around. But for this, it's like Jack had pictures of his family and just like <laughs> shit around, and yeah. she just moved up in there. It was like, yep. yeah, I'm here now. This is yeah. where I live. And yeah, and then she. She makes a weird comment to Nina about her and Jack being together. Yeah, so oh, oh, so we'll move oh, through this real quick. So the proverb she says is great. Yeah, so um, basically she asks Nina if they've been in contact. Nina says, no, we have not been in contact. Uh, and she's like, well, the way I understand it, there are no secrets between you and Jack. Mm-hmm. And she You've says, been in some contact, if you know what I mean. Here it exactly. comes. I'm gonna say it. And I'm she says, Curtis, say been it. Fucking. Mm-hmm. Y'all been fucking. Mm-hmm. So she, she – this is again – Everybody in this agency knows that Jack and Nina have been fucking because she says the words, let him screw you, but don't let him screw you over. Mm-hmm. So how indiscreet was this fucking? Like, what right. were they doing? They must have been doing it in the office with the windows open. Right. Yeah, this was this was out in the open fucking. And like, this is not like, so we already kind of knew that George Mason, see, he, he had indicated that he knew that they were, you know, going to town, but mm-hmm. like going to bone town. Yeah, to the bone zone.org, mm-hmm. if you will. And um, how bad were they at 
Indi- like indiscreet of all their very indiscreet fucking, we now cut to 957. So Jack learns that he finally arrives at the building where um, our our gentleman Ted Koffel, the banker, is at. And um, he learns where he is. He starts going up the elevator to Ted's office. Ted is also calling his car to leave the office to go to the airport so he can get to Denver. It's kind of a weird economy given the rest of the episode where, like, nobody knows what's going on. We have those, like, really bad Ocean's Eleven's music playing. Oh my the god, whole time. it was like, like, no, it was like Beverly Hills Cop shit. Yeah. Like, this so, was like, so, this Jack was is like going 90s. Yeah, so Jack is going up, Ted is going down, Jack arrives on the floor where Ted is, he just misses him, he runs into the hallway, pulls the fire alarm, um, and, and somehow like, Ted Koffel knows that, like, oh, there's a 30 second right. reset. I that know, was the worst worry, part. We'll it was right. like, yeah, like, right. Ted is How like, do you know elevator procedure? Right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, if the fire alarm goes off, it waits 30 seconds and then it lets the elevator continue to go. Which means, which that means shit? that Ted Koffel been fucking in the elevator. That's true. Right. Oh, that's that's the thing point. is like, this whole thing is like, someone pulls the, the elevator, like the, the fire alarm and one, no one freaks out. Mm-hmm. Two, no one freaks out because Ted Koffel was like, no, no, it's cool. It's it's got this thirty <laughs> I second alarm. I do this all the time. Gonna, I've fucked in this elevator a million times. We're gonna be okay. Um, so you know, in that thirty seconds, Jack is running down the stairs. He he meets uh Ted Kofel's uh limo driver, shows him his FBI badge. Um. And CTU then, badge. CTU badge. Sorry. Yeah. Thank you, Curtis. Mm-hmm. I apologize so much. Mm-hmm. So then... And then uh, I assume te- he takes him off screen and beats the shit out of him anyways. Beats just because, By the way, also, just because also this, can. This, this tells me that Jack has no wheels and no endurance. He had to pull the fire alarm to cheat. I could beat that elevator downstairs, goddammit. And I'm an old man with two kids and no wheels. Shameful, Jack. Mm-hmm. Shameful. Hey, hey, Curtis, how much counterweight do you have against your elevator? I don't know what you're talking about. Because elevators have pretty significant counterweights to drive. Yeah, I know down. how I know how elevators work these are days. You, are you buddy? fucking sure, Curtis? Come on, god damn it! <laughs> anyway, Jack arrives at the limo. He steals it. He picks mm. up Ted Kofel. They drive away. Pretty to. sweet fucking shades, Jack. Yeah. Jack's got. Oh god, the music gets worse too. It gets. Oh, so not only did worse, Jack then. steal the limo from the driver, he also he stole, stole the I, music from fucking Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yes, he did that. I think also <laughs> the sunglasses from the driver. <laughs> he stole a lot, is the point. Anyway, Curtis, where do you think we're going from here? Jack has Ted Koffel, the financier of the terrorist plot, in his in the back of his car. But I got to tell you, I don't think Ted has any idea what he's doing. I am... Um... So I'm hoping that 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 essentially Jack beats Kofel enough to where we we understand who the Drazens are. You you that's I, where I want to go. You honestly think Jack's gonna have to hit him? You don't think you don't think he's gonna just tell everything? I, I think he might take a punch or two. He looks like one of those douchebags who thinks he can be in Fight Club. <laughs> okay. But then once he, once he gets punched in the face, he's gonna be like, "Oh no, I can't take this. Please, here, here's all the information that I have." Mm-hmm. Okay. So I think from there we're gonna find out the Drazen Czar. I think also I can't trust uh what's her Mrs. Green in the CTU because she's in the Law and Order. That's fair. Parameter. So she's well, she's and she's and she works for CTU, which makes yeah. her immediately untrustworthy. Also, Kush, I'm I'm eventually I'm gonna meet Rayburn. He's gonna be criminal. So hey, hey, this whole history. plot hinges on Rayburn. I when I've been his shoot, he's not gonna he's <laughs> he's not gonna save you. Um, but two. Curtis, you mentioned Drazen's. This is the first time we've realized that, you know, we've thought about an outside force, but what Mm -hmm. do you think about now we know there is an external agency acting on our terrorists and on CTU? Mm -hmm. Who who are the Drazen's? What do you think? I I don't know the links between Palmer and Jack, because I don't know what committees Palmer's on. Maybe he's on the anti-terror, or he's on the terrorism, you know, uh, or sorry, the intelligence committee is what it would be, right? Um, in the Senate, maybe that links to Jack somehow. So maybe they're involved in some stuff in Eastern Europe. Who knows, man? I'm I'm actually excited about it because I can't un- I can't see quite what's happening. Um, I do want to meet the older Drazen brother because he seems like the real boss. Well, so there's a thing. So this is the first time, Michael. You can chime in if you want to. Please do. But up until now, we've kind of got the sense that Palmer was the primary target and that Jack was secondary. But today. 
the younger Drazen, maybe brother, said to have Jack Bauer and Senator Palmer in the same city the same day mm-hmm. and let them slip through our fingers would be a tragedy. So, what do you think? Are they, they both seem primary at this point. Finally. I mean, they want Drazen, they want Palmer dead mm-hmm. and Jack in jail. They never said they wanted Jack dead. They want him to be the fall guy. So, I don't know. I, I, it's, it's, uh, this actually has me wanting to go to the next episode. I mean, this episode had no murder in it. Finally. But I, but, but I still loved it. And I'm excited about what's happening in the next episode. So the intrigue is there. And I like it. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us for the longest day of your life. Sorry, it's been a little bit of a break in the last couple of episodes. Um, life's gotten in the way between, uh, myself and Curtis and, uh, Michael's been traveling. So thank you for your, our, your patience, but we're going to be back on schedule as soon as we can. From here on out, you can expect every episode of 24 every week. We're very excited. Curtis, I see you giving me a thumbs up. What can people expect from us? Guys, you can expect just down-home hilarity every week <laughs> regarding 24. The fantastic show that it is so far that I've been discovering myself as a new person to the show. Um, but if you want to find us, please search for us on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, Podbean, any of the, the applications that you, you use. And if you do use one of those podcast apps, please go ahead and rate, subscribe, and, and, um, and review us so we can move up the charts a little bit and maybe get a little recognition and keep doing this stuff for you guys. Um, pro bono, as it were, as a podcast and uh, move forward as a company. Michael, how can people find us on uh, you know the social medias? Uh, you can find us on Twitter at LDuelCast, L-D-O-O-L, for uh, Longest Days of Our Lives. Um, you can find us also on Facebook at LDuelCast as well. Um, and when you see us, uh, you know, post something about the show, um, please share it, um, you know, comment on it. If you have something to say, uh, like it, um, that's really how we get it out to more people than just our circle of friends. And I also just wanted to point out that, uh, 25 mile radius from the center of Los Angeles, uh, encompasses, uh, Anaheim, uh, the Pacific Ocean and all the way up to Simi Valley and all the way across the fucking San Gabriel Mountains, which is basically the entire Los Angeles metro area. So this, epi- this episode's a nest of spiders. <laughs> so basically just sent us some cop cars and we should all be fine, huh? So basically what he narrowed it down to was it's in the Los Angeles metro area, which we already knew. Thanks, Milo. You suck. And he is now in charge of all of CTU. Mm -hmm. Well, everyone, thank you so much for joining us, and I hope you join us next week. Bye! Toodles!